Well, our reading for today is the 14th chapter of John. John the Baptist, if you've already read it, you've seen it in it. It's where we read about John the Baptist dying, being murdered, and we see Jesus performing a famous miracle. This is an interesting chapter, so let's think about it together. The story of John the Baptist dying in, in verses 1 through 12 is really the story of a, a really tangled web. It's, it's a really sad event um, carried out by the wickedness of Herod, the Tetrarch who's mentioned in verse 1. First of all, Matthew tells us that Herod wanted to put John to death. Verse 5, why? Because John had apparently confronted his his brother about his sin and told him the truth about his unlawful marriage to Herodias. Verses 3 and 4. And certainly Herod's sister-in-law Herodias didn't like John the Baptist condemning her marriage, and so she began putting pressure on Herod to do something about it. And this is what it means when it said that Herod had put John in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Herod wanted to kill John. So that's on the one hand. Well, why didn't he initially kill John? Well, verse 5 tells us that that, um, even though on the one hand he wanted to kill John, on the other hand he didn't initially because he feared the people. Many in the public revered John the Baptist as a prophet. And Herod was afraid of what they might do if he put John to death. So Herod's in a real bind, and he's in a bind because he fears man more than God. Keep that in mind. He doesn't know what he wants to do. On the one hand, he feels pressure to kill John because he fears his brother and sister-in-law. And on the other hand, he feels pressure to keep John alive because he fears the people. That's a, that's a tangled web, and it's one that we weave for ourselves when, in our minds, people are big and God is small. Eventually, in an effort to please and curry favor with his sister-in-law Herodias, who hated John, Herod made a really stupid promise. He promised to give her whatever she wanted in verse 7 for her birthday. Well, she wanted John dead in verse 8. An inordinate fear of man led Herod to make that foolish promise, and eventually it led him to murder John the Baptist, something on the one hand that he wanted to do to please Herodias, but on the other hand didn't want to do to please the people. Solomon had it exactly right when he finished the book of Ecclesiastes by saying, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. When you fear man above God, the road becomes confusing and leads you to places that you don't want to go. It it just inevitably will. But when you fear God above man, that is not saying that the road will automatically become easy, but at least the Lord promises to make your path straight according to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Another thing to notice in this chapter is the selflessness of Jesus. We see something remarkable in verses 13 and 14 of this chapter. Remember that John the Baptist was not only the, the last prophet preparing the way for the, the coming Messiah, but he was also a, a relative of Jesus. You can learn that in Luke chapter 1. So when John died. Jesus was understandably sad and grieving. He hadn't just lost a prophet, but he had lost a friend and a a relative. That's why verse 13 says that when Jesus heard about the death of John, he withdrew to a desolate place by himself. Well, you can understand why. Yes, Jesus is God, but Jesus is also as human as you and me. He felt real grief just as we do. He felt enough grief that he wanted to be alone. 
And he left and he found a place where he could be alone. But then Matthew tells us that the crowd found out where he, went, he was and they went and found him, verse 13. Just, just think about that. I mean, can, can you just put yourself in that situation? What would you have felt like at that point? Um, I don't know what I was, I, I, maybe I would have been angry or I, 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 you know, at least I guess I would have been angry. I would be angry that I wasn't able to do the one thing that I wanted to do and that was just be alone. I would be angry because I, I would have probably felt like these crowds were insensitive. They just wanted to receive something from me. I would, I would have been angry, I guess. To, to think of a nice, quiet place you could go alone and to step off the boat and the crowd somehow found out where you were going were already waiting on you when you stepped off onto the bank. That wouldn't, wouldn't have been pretty for me. But I'm not Jesus. Thank the Lord I'm not Jesus. Verse 14 says that when Jesus saw that crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus is the picture of perfect and absolute selflessness, something I don't have. This is a living picture, an, uh, uh, an action shot of part of what Jesus meant when he said he did not come to be served but to serve. That's at the end in chapter 20 of Matthew. Jesus lived his whole life, every moment of his earthly life, putting the needs of other people before his own. To have the mind of Christ is to be like this. Try to do this in, in your own strength to make yourself look better, and you, you're going to fail. Stay constantly in the word and prayer, wanting Jesus to be glorified and honored because of your life, and you'll grow in this way. So keep a close eye on Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will make you more like him. Well, the last thing I want to see in this chapter is the power of Jesus. Um, he's clearly the Lord of all nature. Um, he multiplies a small amount of bread and fish to feed thousands, verses 15 to 21. He walks on water, <laughs> and the disciples respond correctly. They worshiped him in verse 33. And Jesus doesn't desire to use his power for our harm, but for our good. And that's demonstrated here. He multiplied the bread and fish to feed the hungry people. He walked on the water to instill solid faith in his disciples. And in verses uh, 14 and 34 to 36, he used his power to heal the sick and make them well. We need to soak this in. Jesus already reminded us in the Sermon on the Mount that God the Father desires good for us. Matthew 7, 7 to 11. And the promise of Jeremiah 32, verses 40 and 41, is that the Lord will never stop doing good to his people. He will never stop. There's an um, old hymn, God Moves in Mysterious Ways. And that, that, that hymn says, he may move in a mysterious way to our limited and impatient minds, but we can always trust that in everything that comes across our paths, it's something that God is using for our good. And being mindful of the extraordinary power of Jesus here in Matthew 14. Um, understand that not only does the Lord want to turn everything for our good, but he is able to turn everything for our good. And that is a reason to rejoice for sure.